Finn, in his excitement to share what he's discovered about Saturn Rising, rushes into the shower room to tell Laria. I think Saturn Rising is... Oh, you're... you're already disrobed. Saturn Rising! Is that what you call it when you see me naked? Other men might die for less. <laughs> I... Apologies. Years alone in a book monastery, and that's your response? <clears throat> I'll speak to you when you're dressed. Men are stupid. When Laria rejoins the group in the Hall of Books, Link and Rhea are playing druid role over a large stone circle board, both strategizing their next move. Finn sits at the table, a cup of tea going cold in front of him. His eyes stay deliberately fixated on the pages of the book as Laria plops down in the chair across from him. How was the shower, Cap? It was wet. Good. I hope you used the soap. You smelled. You're not exactly a bed of roses yourself. Well, you could have asked me to join you. We would have saved some water. <clears throat> Janice. Oh, was it too crowded in there already, eh, Finn? Don't be a dick. Uh, ha! That's your paladin out! Hey! What? You're a bona fide druid roll shark! So what did you find out, Brainiac? Now that I'm decent to talk to? Laria untangles her wet hair with a borrowed comb. Finn watches her, disinterested grooming over the top of his glasses. The conduit is the key component of Saturn Rising. You know about Saturn Rising? What's Saturn Rising? I know what it's not. <clears throat> Saturn Rising is a celestial event that happens once in a 33-year cycle. Mostly, it's insignificant and passes without fanfare. While the event has epicenters, the locations are usually out of reach for our traveling technology. But in this cycle, Saturn Rising is happening within the next few days. Here, Inside of the rings. Ah, okay. But what is Saturn rising? Like a solar flare? A reversal of poles? It's hard to explain. Imagine a shift. A sort of gathering of space and time. I don't follow. It provides possible doorways to other worlds. Sometimes even different times. Ugh. Could we talk about this after food? You're the one who wanted answers. Well, I wanted a lot more than that. Eularia, you know I... Here. Finn stands and pushes back his chair. His long fingers gather the tablecloth in neat and swirling folds. Imagine the tablecloth is space. Can we imagine some food to put on it? Now, space and time sort of undulate. Undulate? Are you trying to kill me? During Saturn Rising, the fabric folds over itself. It is believed that in these moments, people are the closest to their true selves, and that we solidify into who we are meant to be in these moments of fold. Frickin' astrology, hocus-pocus, prophetic gore shit. When Saturn was being colonized, prophetics postulated that during one of these folds, a conduit could be used to open a sort of doorway in the fabric, and a person or ship could travel across the fold into another place in the universe.
Rhea, your father, Edmund de Sol, was the leading prophetic in the study of Saturn Rising. He may have even been present the last one. Hop right on over into another place in the universe? Sure! I'll just pop on over a billion light years to the neighbors for a spot of tea. Give me a blade. No. With an impossible ease, Finn takes the knife from her boot hilt. Hey! Imagine the cloth is space and the juxtaposition of time. On one side is Saturn in this time, but across it, over there, on the other side is a different world, a different time. The conduit cuts through the folds, creates a time-space highway to a different world. So, Rhea knows how to find the, well, the knife in this case, the conduit. If DeSoul's theory could be believed? Yes. In the same way he found the last one. I think it's in her genetic code to be drawn to the anomalies surrounding a fold. Why in Kronos' name would anyone want to jump across space into a world they know nothing about? Ah, beautiful question. DeSoul believed that on this particular rising, the cloth would fold back to Earth. He writes in this book that an anomaly occurred last time, 30 years ago, wherein something came through the fold and the universe would naturally seek to fix the balance by repeating the fold on the next Saturn rising. Hate to break the news to you, nerd, but Earth was destroyed thousands of years ago. Well, technically Earth still exists. It was just uninhabitable. Or it was when humans left it. DeSoul argued that it could be a much recovered planet and due to the difference in Saturn years versus Earth's, it would have had time to recover. Wait, are you saying that Earth could be livable again? Would that matter if that was? We can't possibly get back there. It took people thousands of years just to get to Saturn, to set up operations, to start over. You'd never have enough fuel to make it there, let alone the lifespan to survive the trip. Unless the trip only takes a few minutes across a fold of space. Well. That's a cute bedtime story. But what happens if the map's a defective 15-year-old who doesn't know a conduit from a corn dog? What's a corn dog? Laria's heart is banging too loudly in her chest to hear much else as she stares at the two separated holes in the tablecloth. Earth. The world that I told her impossible stories about, as though they were actual memories, not just legends passed down. The books I owned, the words, the stories of dirt beneath feet, air to breathe, water, animals, Walt Whitman's world, Longfellow's. So, if DeSoul is right, if Rhea can lead the royals to the conduit, they can use it during the Saturn Rising to get back to Earth. And what happens then? Then, I imagine they'll start over. Recolonize. By start over, do you mean set up the same frickin' system we have here? Oppression, slavery, indentured servitude, class warfare? All the gore shit that's kept one group under another's boots since the dawn of boots? <laughs> I thought you didn't take sides. If we're not gonna eat, I'm going to bed. But, Laria, I, I think that's... 
Finn's argument is cut short when Laria pushes herself away from the table and storms from the room. Link watches her go and turns back to Finn. What would happen if a ragtag bunch of ring rats and gassers got through the portal first? What if a group of people who understand how it feels to live under a boot got the chance to start over instead? I imagine that's the reason why T. Elliot's ship was destroyed. Why Rhea was there in the first place. I think everyone in the rings is searching for that conduit. Both sides want a way back, and the fate of the new Earth is going to rest on who reaches it first. Holy Kronos! I thought it was just a simple job. Turns out it could be the fate of the universe. If we only knew what came through the first time, What if that's what the conduit is? Whatever DeSoul discovered 30 years ago that opened the portal the first time. Rhea, did your father ever talk about it? The conduit? Do you know where it could be? Rhea tucks her legs into her chest and wraps her arms around them. She makes herself small as if to hide from the multitude of eyes seeking her. She starts to sob, despite Finn's gentle and soft manner. <laughs> My father didn't say I'd find it. He said it would find me. Well, what is it? Where is it? <laughs> Easy, Janice. Is it... Is it something on the ship? Or in here, maybe? In the library? I think... I think it is. Could you keep it down in there? What the... Kronos, Link! I'm not even gone a minute and you're making her cry? As Rhea looks up at Laria, her tears begin anew. The sobs rattle her small frame as she stares at her captain. <laughs> I'm the map to the conduit. <laughs> yeah, kid. That's the rumor, whatever the Hades that means. For starters, how about you stop caterwauling? Crying never solved a problem in the ring. You need sleep. On the light rise, we'll figure it out. But the captain's words only make Rhea sob worse. A sudden and strange softness comes over Laria. She tries to fight the nurturing feeling, but it wins out. You're not in Salome, little star spirit. Rhea, we're sorry. We didn't mean to upset her. I know. I know that. Laria takes the shivering, sobbing girl gently by the shoulders and steers her down the hall, away from the group and into the room that Finn usually reserves for her alone. You can stay here tonight. It's the best room in the house. Laria helps Rhea take off her boots before burying her into the blankets. The young girl falls into an exhausted sleep, immediately snoring. Laria tucks a stray hair behind Rhea's ear and shakes her head. She does look like Edmond de Sol. He had taken care of Laria and I before he'd been called away in servitude. But Laria hadn't spoken to or seen him in over 15 years. Not since she'd started living on the less legal side of the ring. 
She needs air to think, to quiet the voice in the back of her mind that knows she's a part of this, willing or not. Link is on the flight deck, staring at Walt and listening to the comforting purr of its energy reserves being fed. He hands Laria a drink when she plops down next to him. The clear liquid changes from blue and then to red as it swirls in the glass. The sweet smell of almond and peaches hits Laria's nose. At least it's what she's been told peaches smelled like. Where's O'Toole? I think he had other ideas about who you'd be sharing your bed with tonight. Shut up! Laria takes a long drink as Link watches her from the corner of his eye. She leans against him in the quiet, the weight of two worlds on her shoulders. He leans back. Do you think there's any truth to all of this? Could there be a way back to Earth? I don't want to... The rings are no place for hope, Link. I don't want to start now. Didn't a man named Desoul help take care of you when you were a kid? Lots of Desouls in the system, Link. But only one family line of them in the rings. And they're, like, prophetic. Not sure what you're suggesting. Where did you say your mother came from? Does it matter? Laria refuses to look closer at the puzzle for fear the pieces might fall into place. Link is quiet, thinking, building castles on the shaky foundation of the hope she refuses to hold. You know, Cap, I've spent most of my life running from who I am. I never asked to be Lord Janice Alverlink, future chancellor of the Northwest Quadrant and supreme mastermind of helium processing for Titan. But someday, unless this whole furking system gets shook up, I'm probably going to end up back there. I won't let that happen, Link. Why not? You'd be ridding yourself of a whole bucket of trouble if you kicked my ass back to Titan. Laria turns to face him, scowling deep and fierce. You were part of my crew, Kronos, damn it. And I don't leave any one of my crew behind. Part of? I am your crew. <laughs> you are my crew. You and O'Toole, and now that little star spread, I guess. What are we going to do with our cap? It's not like we have any means to leave the ring. We can't just keep hiding in the books forever, and there's not enough fuel in the galaxy to keep us cloaked that long. Maybe if we can just keep her hidden until Saturn Rising is over, they'll give up the chase. When have you ever known Evangelina Faust to give up something she wants? Evangeline A. Faust? Is that who was paying us? Afraid so. Weren't you supposed to marry her? Ugh. Weren't you supposed to be consumed in the gas mines as the honored child of Saturn? I'm not a child of Saturn. I guess we can't turn her over. No, I guess we can't. Frick. Maybe you should just go and sleep on it. Let that cagey brain of yours come up with something better. I'd love to, but I can't. She's in my bed. Well, I'm sure there's some other bed you could use for the night. 
Link nudges her knowingly and clinks his glass to hers. They drain their cups with brave swallows that send peaches and warmth tingling into every cell. Laria shakes her head. You're an ass. I'll keep watch. You're gonna fall asleep in about 20 minutes on the deck. Probably. See you in the morning, Captain Longfellow. Good night, Lord Jim. Laria returns to her room where Rhea is sleeping. Even with the weight of the space continuum on her shoulders, she manages to snore with the gusto of a space troll. Laria watches her and wonders what in the Hades she's done to deserve this hot pile of mess. Maybe karma was like a slingshot. Firing back around the universal orbit to bite her on the ass for all the pirating. Maybe Rhea was Laria's redemption. Rhea snorts a loud intake of breath and blows it out. Bite or redemption? There was little chance to sleep in this room. She gathers her weapon belt and bag and sneaks quietly down the hall. Finn O'Toole is asleep with a heavy book across his chest. His glasses have slipped down to the tip of his nose and he breathes slow and deep in proper sleeping clothes like a person from a different time. Laria stalks him like a predator, removes his book and climbs into the bed to straddle his slender hips. Finn's hands come up like a boxer and nearly strike her. She pins his hands above his head. Easy, Bookie. Don't get jumpy. What are you doing? Ilaria, what? But words are interrupted with kisses, long and hot, and laced with peaches. Kisses that bring his hands around her head to hold her to them like promises. There is a loudly snoring bounty in my bed, so I've decided to come and take you out of those ridiculous clothes to ease my troubled mind. I'm honestly surprised you don't sleep in a bow tie. We, we can't. Well, we have no license. <laughs> Would you like me to ring the Royal Council? See if they can draw up an emergency contract? No, no, gods no. In the quiet stillness of the library, Laria and Finn breathe in time. Clothing falls to the side, along with the illusions that neither had a heart for the other. Finn falls back into the bed and gives into her rough caress and uses his nimble hands to find every inch of her skin, every scar. She sighs in pain as his fingers forage across the newest gashes. You're wounded. I'm tougher than a few blaster grazes. Don't be tough in my bed, Laria. Be composed with me. Be at ease with me. She, less guarded than ever. She is the best beloved. She has no reason to fear. She is strong. She too is a law of nature. There's no law stronger than she is. Finn's words fall off into sighs in the night as she leads him across the map of her body and the universal spirals within. Afterwards, Laria listens to the sound of his heart beating beneath her cheek. Whitman? A pirate doesn't name her ship after just any poet. Finn smiles and kisses her forehead before drifting off to sleep 
content amidst the storm. Thank you for listening to Saturn Rising, starring the vocal talents of Lily Bautista as Eularia Longfellow, Farouk Qureshi as Janice Link Avalink, Sarah Marquise as Rhea, Andrea Drach as narrator, Munib Rahman as Finn O'Toole, story adapted and written by Sarah Reichart, produced by Rick Lug and Nagano Press Studios. Follow and download to support the show, and if you're able, donate at the link in the show notes.